have an awesome God, do we not? He looks out for us. He prepares the way for us. He guides and directs us. And we have such an incredible life in Jesus Christ, better than anything that we ever could have hoped for. I am so glad that you're here today to help celebrate Jesus Christ and the life that he has given to us. The freedom that we have in Christ is just incomparable based upon what the world could give us. We have so much in Christ Jesus. Thank you guys for being here in person today and joining us online. I don't know if you're maybe gathered in your living room or around your kitchen table, but we want you to know that you are equally loved just because you're not here. We know that there are some circumstances that may come into play that are keeping you home, but wherever you are, here or abroad, we love the fact that you've made a decision to join us today in one voice, celebrating Jesus Christ for all that he has done for us. I hope that you've got a Bible this morning and you'll turn to James chapter 4. We'll be there in just a few moments. We're looking to look at some uh, texts from Proverbs as well. Those texts are going to be on the screen in this room and also on your screen at home so that you can follow along. And uh, I was really pumped this morning, walking in the door with some old friends, the cooks from Stillwater, and thank you guys for joining us this morning. Uh, it is always exciting to get uh, reunited with old friends uh, who you have kind of acquired along the way and realize that you're both moving in the same direction, and that's toward the cross, and one day we'll get to be at home together, all of us in heaven, and we look forward to that moment where there will be no mask, I'm pretty sure, uh, in heaven. If you believe that and you agree with that, say amen. amen. Uh, you know, if nothing else, it's a privilege to preach just because I don't have to wear the mask. That's the one thing. You know, it's a, get on the praise team, preach, and then you don't wear the mask. It's unless you're in the audience, and then it's different. But uh, no, we're so excited that you're here today to celebrate Jesus Christ. You know, we're finishing up a series today called The Way of Wisdom, and we have been looking into Scripture to discover in this very chaotic world that we live in right now, how do we get the kind of godly wisdom that's going to get us through these very difficult moments and in the moments to come? We are in the middle of this COVID-19 event, which has created just a chasm of different things that have come our way. Recently, we've had some natural disasters that have hit uh, our country, and it continues to go on around the world, the different things that are unfolding. And so you and I, as followers of Christ, as people who deeply believe that we're called to a different type of life than the world offers us, what's the kind of wisdom that we need to have to move through these very difficult moments? Three weeks ago, we looked at the Word of God and leaning into God and His way of living that He's called us to, uh, and we recognize that God has ultimately the wisdom that we need to get through these moments. The world offers information, but God offers wisdom. Last week, we talked about surrounding ourselves uh, with other people who are on the journey together to glorify Jesus Christ in their life. And so we've got this moment we've got today, whether you're online or, or here in our audience, uh, and together we look around the room. Take a minute, look around the room and say, hey, I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for participating, even at home, uh, do the same thing. Because the truth is, we can't do this alone. We need each other on the journey. And so part of that wisdom is surrounding yourself with other people who also want to follow Jesus Christ and can pour into your own life as well. Today, we're going to take a look at the idea that you really hold the keys within yourself to gaining the wisdom that God promises. And we can read the Word of God, we can be in settings like this, but if your heart, within your heart, 
If you're not prepared to say goodbye to the world and the selfless, uh, selfish nature that it offers and really cling to Jesus Christ, then none of it really matters. You and the Holy Spirit have everything that you need in order to gain that godly wisdom that you want in this life. Back in 1989, I joined the Air Force and uh, was in the Air National Guard for about eight years. We were activa uh, activated for Desert Storm, and so that was a lot of fun, about a six-month period, working 12-hour days uh, at the base. But it was an exciting time for me to, to don the uniform, to have on the uniform, to serve my country in that way. But there is a, a beauty about being in the Guard or the Reserve units, and that is you get the best of both worlds. So as a Guard member, um, I did everything military one weekend a month, Friday through Sunday, and then two weeks during the summertime, go to your annual training. We went through basic training just like everyone else does. Uh, but the beauty is that you would go to your, your guard weekend and you would do everything by the book. Everything had to be just right, just like the military. It's no different. But then come Sunday night, I'm back home in civilian life going to my secular job. You get the best of both worlds. And the thing is, when you follow Jesus Christ, it's the same exact way. Because you get to be a part of the spiritual life that God is giving us in His Son, Jesus Christ, while you're walking through this physical life. And because of that, we get to see how God's called us to live this life out for His glory, while we're also looking forward to the life that we're going to have in Christ Jesus when this life is over. Amen? And we get to have that, that uh, kind of view, if you will. Now, if you're coming from a worldly standpoint then the only thing that you have is the script that the world offers, and it's not a very good script. It's very self-centered. It's full of chaos and hopelessness. But in Christ Jesus, church, we have the hope and the peace that passes all understanding. It's in him that we get to experience this life, living for his glory, but looking forward to the next life that we are about to attain. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if you want that kind of wisdom, if you want the wisdom that's going to get you through this life, James says you simply need to ask our Heavenly Father for that wisdom, and He's going to give it to you. And He's not going to frown upon that at all. He's going to offer you and give to you the wisdom that you seek in your own life to live that out as God's called us to live. And so today I want to remind us that we want to look a little inwardly. We've looked up to God. We've looked outwardly at those that are journeying with us. And today I want to take a look at how do you personally, you yourself, how do you lean into the wisdom that only God can give you to work through this very chaotic time that we find ourselves in? Because church, it's choice, not chance, that's going to get you to the determined destination that you have in your mind. The choices you make in your own life are going to move you closer to your destination. And whether you're of the world or you're living for Christ, both of those outcomes are going to look how you plan, how you pick, how you choose to live. So how do you want to be remembered? What is the legacy that you want to leave behind as a follower of Christ for the, those uh, family members that are close to you, for extended family members, for family members that will never meet you, but yet you'll leave that legacy uh, in line of your family? How do you want to be remembered? Because the choices you make in your life will help lend to that legacy that you leave behind. 
Now, most of us have heard of the Nobel Peace Prize. Raise your hand if you've heard of the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, pretty much everybody in here. And we kind of know that that's about, uh, it's, a, it's a prize given to someone who is really about unification, bringing peace to the world in which we live. The person who does the most for that cause every year gets the Nobel Peace Prize. But you may not know the story behind the Nobel Peace Prize. Alfred Nobel lived in the 1800s, and he was an inventor. And one of his claims to fame, he invented dynamite. And he invented dynamite because he thought with this much destructive power that people groups and nations will have less war because they don't want to inflict that kind of, of pain and destruction. And it had just the opposite effect. He got rich off dynamite and uh, was working on other things that he was inventing along the way as well, when suddenly in 1888, his brother Ludwig passed away. And so Alfred is sitting at his breakfast table. He's reading the newspaper. He gets to the obituary section where he wants to read what is said about his brother, and the editor at the newspaper got it all wrong. It was actually Alfred's obituary that was in the paper. He's reading his own obituary. And I want to quote, this is what it said. He was an inventor of dynamite, manufacturer of weapons, a merchant of death. He says, I was so shocked by the perception that I committed the rest of my life to work toward world peace. Alfred made a decision in the moment. He reflected on how the world looked at him, and he said, I want things to be different. And so he worked toward world peace while he was still living. When he died, he set up a trust fund that created the Nobel Peace Prize to pass that on to people who were also working toward world peace. And you and I know Alfred Nobel as the guy that really worked toward world peace, but he actively changed the way the world remembered him. How do you want the world to remember you? What are the things that you need to have in place if we're really wanting godly wisdom in our life, what do we need to do to attain that godly wisdom? Because knowing the destination that you're aiming for will impact your decision-making every single time. One of my favorite texts in the book of Proverbs is found in chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Many of you have expressed this is one of your favorite texts as well. But Solomon says, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart.'" Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. I don't know about you, church, but that's really comforting to know that if I simply trust in the Lord and don't lean on my own arrogance, that God is going to reveal the pathway uh, to a less chaotic, more peaceful life, one that really represents him and lives uh, in such a way that it, that it exalts him. Now, the Hebrew word for trust here in this text can be defined as confidence. Now, most of us would agree with that definition. If you trust someone, you have confidence in them, but it can also mean careless. Now, you might think of those two definitions and think, well, they don't really go together, Tim. I'm not sure that you, uh, you read that correctly out of uh, the dictionary that you might have been looking at. Well, why is there such a difference? Well, your faith is so strong in Christ that it requires you to take risks in your own life to glorify Jesus. And if you live in the world and you look at that kind of life that is a risk-taking life, you look at that as careless. 
And so you, you don't really care about how things work out for you because you're doing things for the glory of Jesus Christ. The world looks at that as careless. Someone with a godly lens looks at that kind of risk-taking for the cause of Christ, and all they see is, go get them. That's awesome. Thanks for the example. That's how we should be living. That is confidence in Christ. That's why there's two definitions that can be applied to that particular word. We take risk for the cause of Christ. I remember when we worked in Kansas City, there was one particular family that always had an issue with the type of mission trips that I would uh, design and put together for our youth group. We did a lot of work downtown Kansas City with the homeless and all over the country uh, for tough to work in. One of those was Memphis Work Camp, and I remember we would work in inner city Memphis uh, working on houses, painting and fixing up uh, homes of older folks that they, they couldn't afford to do the repair themselves. And so we'd go into those moments just trying to shine like Jesus. But I remember that particular, the dad in this uh, family would come in more than one occasion and just kind of really berate me. This is too risky. It's too much. My kid will never go anywhere with you because it's just too risky. And the rest of the sentence that he never said was, for the cause of Christ. You see, being a Jesus follower isn't a requirement to stay inside where everything is nice and safe. It's a call to live out our life in a risky way for the cause of Christ. So how do we align our own lives with how God has called us to live? What are the things that you personally can begin doing starting today to really lean into the wisdom that God wants you to have in your life. The half-brother of James gives us a section of text that I want to take a look at this morning in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. James says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there for a year. We will do business there and make a profit. I mean, how do you know what your life will look like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, then we will live and we will do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. James is reminding us that there are some, some simple things that we can do in our own life to align ourselves with the wisdom that God wants to impart to each and every one of us. And so what is the course that I need to set my life on in order to gain that kind of wisdom? I'm going to give you three things this morning that are going to really be very practical, but are going to help each and every one of us better align our own life with the direction that God wants us to go in. And the very first idea is this. The call is to invite God into your today. Invite God into your today. The small little things every single day. We're going to get to the planning part here in just a minute, but I want to talk about today. How do you treat your spouse? What does it look like in your marriage? How do you parent your kids? How do you interact with your grandkids when you're at uh, your office, how do you interact with those that are working around you? What do you look like when you're standing in the long line at the grocery store? What about standstill traffic? What is your attitude? The little things every single day make all the difference in the world. Invite God into your today. 
Solomon goes on to say in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Solomon is simply reminding us that we don't know if we've got tomorrow or not, but you do have today. And so all the little things that we can be doing, we need to make sure that God is a part of that decision-making every single day. Paul, as he is interacting with all those churches across Asia Minor, he writes the church at Colossae, and he wants them to really think about this very idea. He says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, set your mind on things of heaven, not on the things of earth. That you and I are really called every single day in every aspect of who we are, how we live life out, even in the smallest of ways, that we set our mind on the way heaven would do it. How would Jesus do it in this moment? That age-old question that we used to have little wristbands for, what would Jesus do in the moment? We ask those questions every single time. You know, and our text is interesting because James says something that can be a little offensive here, and he's not saying that your life is meaningless. But about halfway through the text, he reminds us that our life is like a fog. It's like a morning mist. It's just smoke that's there for a moment and then gone. And in the context of all that we live out each and every day, we think that we've got just so much time on our hands. But James reminds us in the context and comparison to God and eternal life, we are here for just a minute. And so James is saying, make the most of every opportunity. Live in today without thinking about tomorrow. Live in today and interact with those around you today. And when we humble ourselves before our powerful Lord, it gives us a context for how we live our days. Because church, we have a big, awesome, powerful God, do we not? He is an incredible God that does so much for us to look out for us. He's given his son to us. He wants a relationship with you. He is an incredible, mighty God. The creator of the known universe yet knows you by name and exactly what you're going through in life right now. And so God in his infinite wisdom calls us to be faithful in the small things of everyday life. And when we do that, he'll give us even bigger things as life moves forward. So we trust in God today, even if it means taking risk. How many students do we have in here? Raise your hand if you're back in school already. Several of us, absolutely. What about educators? Raise your hand. Bunch of us in here that have just gone back to school, and we are praying for each and every one of you. I promise you that. But my guess is school hasn't changed that much since I was in school. And whether you're in junior high, high school, maybe you're on the college level, when you make a decision to live for Jesus Christ, you're going to be made fun of just a little bit. There's going to be people kind of poking at you because of the decisions that you're called to make. That's called risky living, to living uh, with, the, with the openness that you serve an incredible God. Trusting God means that we're going to be helping people despite COVID-19. And we're going to take precautions. We're going to wear the mask, social distance. We're going to wash regularly. Most of the women in here are so glad this came along because the guys, we just, you know, we didn't know about washing hands and now we do. It's, it's really important. So we've got a little better personal hygiene in the mix. But COVID so, for so many of us have caused us to kind of crawfish and hide out in our home. 
And we're just kind of hunkered down and waiting for things to pass. But there's so much that you can do for the kingdom of God, even in this very difficult health moment. Some of you are working through a, a difficult marriage right now. You're not seeing eye to eye with your spouse. And so you're praying for your spouse. You're leaning into that marriage to discover what's the best thing to do. Your friend group knows what's going on, and they look at you and they think, are you crazy? Why would you be praying for your spouse, knowing how they treat you or how that marriage is going in the moment? But that's the call that we have, the little things every single day to lean into. Maybe some of you have very young children at home. You were offered that promotion at work. It meant more money, but it also meant leaving home in the course of the week. You were going to be gone on the road longer, that you know that your young children at home desperately need you. They need you to be that solid foundation as you raise them up. And so you said no to the promotion. And the world looks at that and says, you must be absolutely crazy for turning that down. A few months ago, most of us got a stimulus check from the government. And some of you called the office, called me and said, listen, I really don't need this right now, but I know that there are families who are going to need this. So I want to give my stimulus check to the church and trust that you guys are going to help families out with that. The world looks at that kind of attitude and they say, are you crazy? This is your money. You could have put something else in the garage for that money. I mean, you could have done something with that money, but you decided to give it up because that's living for the cause of Christ. Those are the little things that we do. And when we proclaim faith in a man like Jesus Christ, who died and was resurrected from the dead, That dictates how we live our life, church. We are thankful and grateful that we have a God that loves us so very much. It changes the way that we think about life, our perspective on life, and the world looks at that as if we are crazy. Paul, as he writes that church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 27, Paul says, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. Remember, wisdom comes from God, information comes from the world. He goes on to say, and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. James reminds us in his text, look, invite God into your today. We don't know that we've got tomorrow. So live for him right now, today. But beyond that, here's the planning part. We also involve God in our tomorrow. Raise your hand if you've got a calendar that you keep some way, somehow, on your phone, on the wall, I don't know, on your desk. All of us have plans for lunch today, for work tomorrow, or not work tomorrow because it's Labor Day, but whatever you might have on the docket, you've got plans And James says, even so, invite God, involve God into your tomorrow. Verses 15 and 16 of that text we just read, he says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to. So James is is not saying, don't plan for tomorrow. He simply says, invite God into that planning process. When we see God for who he truly is, it creates a humble spirit within us. And the next thing, the only thing left to do is to bow in submission to the great God that we serve. It's to say, my life is yours, God. I am nothing compared to you, and I know you want what's very, the very best for me, and so I'm allowing you into my life. Knowledge is not the same as wisdom. Wisdom is bowing before an almighty God. And we tend to 
to play comparison games with those around us. We see this kind of come out on social media quite a bit. They live this way. They have this thing. They've gone to this place. But God reminds us there's no comparison with one another. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, imitate God. Be like God. We know that God came down in the form of Jesus. So we look at his ministry and we, we discover how to be compassionate and loving and faithful and in the word and a, having a prayer for life, surrounding yourself with community. We see all of those things. We honor God and show respect by involving him in our plans for tomorrow. Because James says, look, we have no idea if we have tomorrow, but I serve the one who's got tomorrow in the palm of his hand. And I want to have that kind of trust in my life for the God of all eternity. So we may be praying for an end to COVID or a better job or a different work environment or maybe my finances to be better along the way. But what if you and I made a decision every single day to add in the idea, God, if it's your will. I have all these wants and wishes, but God, if it's your will, let those things come to fruition. James says that, that the one way that we can show the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life is to kind of have that mindset and that attitude because if you're like me, a lot of my prayers have to do with health and finances and really about me. What if I chose to filter my prayer through the will of God? God, if it's your will, show me the career that I'm supposed to be on. Show me, do I need to be at this workplace or a different workplace? God, should I get married? God, should I marry this person? God, should I spend my money here or over here? Include God in the planning of our tomorrows. And being submissive doesn't mean that we just live a passive life, but it does mean all the proposals that I have never, ever supersede God's sovereignty in my life. We want God to guide and direct us in our life, to show us the wisdom that we should have. So the call that James gives us is that we invite God into our today, all the small things, that we involve God in all our planning for tomorrow, and ultimately that you and I invest in eternity. That you and I, wisdom, our wisdom would move us closer to a heaven that we all want and love. I mean, one thing that I know that I get sidetracked, and if I do, I'm sure you do too, that we get sidetracked by what's going on on our planet here, in our nation, in our neighborhoods. And so COVID kind of has come through, and we've seen falling stock prices, we've seen empty bank accounts, we've seen businesses that are closing. Clo closing. But live in such a way that you recognize that we are just passing through this life. There's a great old hymn that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. That's a great hymn, isn't it? You, you and I are a lot alike in that I get so focused on this life, I forget that I'm just passing through. I'm not here to collect stuff. I'm here to make Jesus famous and let other people know the peace that I have because God rules in my life. To exalt his name, to live for an eternity that I can't wait to have. And James says, look, in verse 17 at the end of our text, he says, do you know it's also a sin to know that you should be doing something and then not do it? We've all learned that sin is, 
commission. It is something that I do. It's a behavior that is really ungodly, but there is also sin of omission. And James says that when we know what to do, when we know how we're called to live and we don't do it, that's also sin. Perhaps today, your obituary, if you were to read it, might say, he was such a workaholic. She was so self-absorbed. They were such chronic worriers living in an anxious spirit. They did their very best to wreck their family. They were such an absentee parent. I don't know what your life looks like or what it might read today. But like Alfred, you and I can change that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be different people because of the Holy Spirit in our life and the godly guidance that Jesus Christ gives us each and every day. That obituary could read something like, he was a child of the king. He was a godly spouse. She was an incredible parent, a bringer of peace, a lover of everyone. She was incredibly forgiving, serving those around. She looked a lot like Jesus. That's how our obit could read. With the Holy Spirit working in our life, with us leaning into the godly wisdom that he wants to give us, those are the kind of people that you and I can be. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So the call today is that you and I would commit our plans daily and in the future to the way God's called us to live. When we do that, it's stated in different ways over and over in the context of Scripture that God will make your plans succeed. It will always come down to whether or not you and I are willing to surrender our pride and say yes to an incredible Savior who knows what's absolutely best for each and every one of us. Now, being human beings, we find ourselves always wanting to be in first place. I don't know about you, but I was a little disappointed that the Olympics got moved to next year. I like watching the Olympics every two years. But every single one of those athletes are primed and ready to win the gold medal. They want to be on the top of the platform. And unfortunately, that seems to be human nature. Each and every one of us want to be on the top of the platform. But the truth is, church, there's only one person who deserves to be on the top of the platform, and that's Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that he gave that all away for me and you. He said, he left heaven, poured himself into the figure of a man, did ministry some 33 years on this earth, gave his life up for you and for me. He counted himself as nothing so that you and I could have a relationship with the Father. Paul goes on in that same text and he says, take on the attitude of Christ. Be Jesus in your life. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, the call is that you and I would invite Jesus Christ into our today, that, that we would involve him in the planning for our tomorrow, and ultimately that we would invest in an eternity that is going to last, guess what, forever. It's going to be awesome. This world has nothing to offer you and I. And so my hope is whatever's going on in your life right now, 
that, that you would bow down, submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that you would say yes to God reigning in your life. And it's through him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, when we prioritize the kingdom of God, when we live a life that screams Jesus Christ, he's going to give us everything else that we need, including that godly wisdom that you and I want in our life each and every day. It's a call that you and I would invest, not only in this life, but in the next to come. And I'm so pumped this morning. We've got someone who's going to do that very thing. Olivia Starks made a decision to be baptized into Christ right after service today. And so we uh, applaud her for that decision. My hope is that you'll uh, gather around the baptistry out there when uh, service is dismissed and welcome her uh, into her spiritual family because she's making an investment. She waited out. She and I talked on the phone and she said, listen, I didn't want this to be a knee-jerk reaction. I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing. And so I've contemplated the cost and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And what a, what a wonderful confession to make. You and I are called to live every single day for Jesus Christ. Lean into that godly wisdom. Surround yourself with people who are on the same journey and live every day for Jesus Christ. My hope is that God will prepare you and your heart for that kind of life. Now let's stand together and praise his holy name.